Welcome to Merlin I Am. This is the November Shout, the second in the series of Merlin I Am. Welcome, and again, as you can see, we're on the beautiful island of Hawaii, on the Kona side, and it is gorgeous beyond words, and I just know that Adamus will take advantage of all that beauty as we breathe it in. So with that, Jeff is preparing to share Adamus with us, so let's, let's take some good, deep breaths, wherever you are. Those glimmers of consciousness are everywhere. So take the good, deep breath of life and breathe it in and feel the beauty. Feel the energy that surrounds all of us. It's your energy. Take the good, deep breath, the conscious breath that declares, I am here, I am present. Breathe, breathe deeply. Take that breath of allowing, the breath that allows us to open to all that we are. Breathe, breathe and feel the energies again, moving through your body from within and out. It's a breath of life, a breath of beauty. Stay with the good deep breath. Be with that good deep breath. Be with the good deep breath. Mm. I am that I am. Ah, no finer words ever spoken than I am that I am. I am Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Here with each and every one of you for what you call your November Shoud, Shoud Two of the Merlin I Am series. As I come in here through Caldra, Linda, the crew here in Kona, and all of you, I take a moment to smell the air. Mm, so beautiful here, so fragrant, so lush. Ah, and in a moment to have a sip of coffee, wonderful Kona coffee, not, not to be promoting anything, but to enjoy the richness of life, of human life. It might be difficult for some of you to grab that, uh, to really feel it once in a while. Because in all the human lifetimes, it, it's been tough, it's been difficult, a lot of challenges, especially this lifetime, probably the hardest lifetime you've ever had, because you've been more conscious, you've had more uh, desire to go through changes, you've had more releases than in any other lifetime. So I, I would venture to say probably your hardest lifetime, a, a lifetime of changes. But here we are, able to be together. Uh, here we are, a master, Kaldra, channeling a master, me, to all the masters, you. I'm truly impressed by how far we've come, against a lot of odds, against a lot of circumstances and situations, in the midst of uh, the great pandemic on the planet, in the midst of all the craziness, which is not yours, by the way. It's not yours. The one thing that 
you'll be noticing, or if you haven't already noticed it, is this sense that you've always had, but it starts to come forth now. A sense of beauty when the music plays. Such beauty. You know, this sense of beauty has been hidden for a long time. It's been so many other things coming into your mind and emotions. That sense of beauty simply wasn't really available to come forward. But a true sense of beauty. And you don't have to work at it. It, it happens as a master. It just starts coming forth, coming to the surface. There's, there's um, kind of some interesting dynamics that take place right now. There is a deep sense of longing, but not a lost longing. You've been through that phase when you first went through your uh, awakening, or maybe even before, but a sense of longing, knowing that there was something more. But it was like lost. It was out of grasp, out of reach. You, you knew it was there, kind of like on a dark night in the forest. You know there's things that are there, but you just don't see them. And then, as you come to this point, that longing becomes more intense and deeper, more, more sensual. But now, instead of longing for something distant and unknown, there's a longing that is very palpable, very clear right there. You know it's there. You don't have to work at it. Maybe you still don't quite understand what that, that rich, beautiful longing is. But that's what happens like when, when the human, the Master, the I Am all start into the integration, the deep integration of embodied mastery. And then there's that feeling of having missed that connection for so long, having missed knowing Spirit within you, having missed all that you really are, all of your senses, all, all of the magic that you really are. And so this sense of longing is no longer a lost longing, but now it's like a knowingness longing that it's coming right now. That brings about a sense of beauty, the richness of life. You know, when you're not uh, trying to change the world anymore, when you're not even trying to change yourself anymore, when you're accepting all that you are, when you're allowing, now that sense of beauty comes up, and it's in everything. It's in the music. It's in nature. It's within your very being. It's, it's very real, visceral. One of the things that's always sad to watch with humans going through what they go through, especially as they go into awakening, is the sensuality seems to fade away and go into nothingness. And become, things become so mental and so linear. And, and actually, there really aren't any more mental and linear. You just now, when somebody comes into awakening, you're realizing now how linear and mental things have been. So you're much more aware of it. But you come to this point, and it's not like that anymore. It's not linear, it's not mental. That, that, that sense of beauty that actually some of you have been afraid of, a sense of sensuality that some of you have resisted. 
and starts coming forth, and you don't have to work at it, it's just there. You're suddenly aware of the richness of life. Part of this is also caused by the fact that there's a knowingness that this is going to, for most of you, going to be your last life on the planet. And it's time you start looking at things with a different perspective. You start looking at things, well, with that longing, knowing that this is going to be the last lifetime when you can go for the long walks in the forests of this earth. Now, you'll be able to take this with you, but nothing quite like the reality here, the forests and the sky and the birds and, and food and all these beautiful and music and just the sound of people laughing and, and even crying, but all this beauty. And, and it's, uh, it's in a little bit melancholy, but it's very, very beautiful. And that's what happens when you come to this point. Beauty emerges. And that's a good one for we talked about beauty uh, in our last shout. Where we're talking about this new uh, it's the handbook for embodied or Merlin's handbook for embodied realization. We talked about beauty, but beauty emerges, comes forth, and you find yourself now surrounded by it, especially as you realize that all the energy is yours. Now you feel yourself surrounded by beauty. Not all the time. No, not when necessarily when you're sitting in traffic or if you're listening to some of this hardcore news that some of you have been listening to. No, nothing wrong with the news, but some of you uh, really go for the hardcore stuff. But this beauty emerges, and then there are unbelievable, quiet, profound moments when you're no longer really searching for answers. A lot of times in the past, uh, you had these quiet, profound moments, but you were searching and looking, and now you realize you're there. You're, you're there. And now you can enjoy the beauty without fearing your own sensuality, without fearing beauty itself. You know, people, they, they get afraid of beauty because they think they have to have so many rules in their life for themselves. They, they think they have to uh, uh, stay very linear and strict and have timetables and goals and everything. That all goes out the door with the Master. Now is the time for beauty. Take a deep breath and invite it in, because it's coming if it's not already there. Uh, beauty in a, in a way that at times brings you, brings you to tears. You hear a, a beautiful piece of music, or you see a music video, and it, you know, I, I didn't have music videos in my time. Uh, it was just music. It was auditory, and uh, of course, unless you went to a, 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 the concert. But now you've got music videos to add to the sense and add to the beauty. Incredible. So let's take a deep breath together as we dive into Shout Two of the Merlin I Am series. There's been a lot of deaths in the Chambra family this year. A lot of them. A lot of. A lot of Chamber just saying, I'm just going to opt out. Uh, I'm just going to leave. Some like Sartre, allowing in their realization days or weeks before they leave. Some doing it just a moment before they leave. Some 
some saying, you know, it's just too tough right now. This body and this all this stuff we're up against. I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave and come back when it's right. There's a lot of Shampa whose names, you know, don't appear on your website and in memoriam, who have left. And they're coming to one of the new earths where it's very a very special place for those who are really they've just completed their second to the last lifetime. They need rejuvenation. They're going to come back, uh, but they're going to they're going to really do it as a master this time. So I do I would be remiss if I didn't mention Edith. Edith. Dear Edith passed away just two days ago. And oh, Linda's going to put up her picture here. Edith has been on her way out for, for a little while now. Uh, as you know, Edith, as delightful as she is, was, was a bit stubborn. You may have realized that during some of the shouts. Edith, Edith basically left about a month ago. Not the physical body, but her, her essence left about a month ago. And then she was just waiting. It, you know, it doesn't seem like a month when you're waiting in, in kind of the in-between realms, but she left about a month ago and finally, just the other day, released the last of her physical body. I sat with her as this occurred. It was a beautiful moment for me and for her. She was kind of it would be like watching yourself with, with the last of the flames in the embers slowly fading out. The last, if it was like a fireplace, just like the, the last to flicker out. And she experienced this, she witnessed it. It's interesting because you don't really feel that. I mean, not in a physical way, if you ever go through that. But you're very aware of it. You're very aware that the last, uh, you could say, connection to the planet is gone now. Edith and I sat there for a good long bit, and, and I use the term sitting there, but in a way it kind of was because we've both been human. We knew what it was like just to sit. We just sat there quietly for a while. You know, Edith and I, we've known each other for many lifetimes. In the Shouds, we, we had a lot of <laughs> go at it with each other. Uh, I loved uh, inviting Edith up on stage because I knew she would be such uh, an example, such a, such a beauty for, for everyone. Edith had her ways. Edith had her, her, her definite ways. She become a, became an icon for Chambra all around the world. But we sat there for a good long time. And at that point, uh, excuse me, Edith, uh, at that point, I said, Edith, where to now? What do you want to do? And she said, I want to go to Theos. I need to rejuvenate. I need to have my own space. I need to integrate everything I did as a human on the planet. I just need to get away from, from everything. I, I don't want to go to the near-Earth realms. I know I'll run into family, and that wouldn't be such a good thing. I want that, uh, she called it a spa, like a spiritual spa in Theos. So I walked her with her there, and I know some of the rest of you were with her, were with her, doing a dream walk or just thinking about her, and walked her to Theos and said, Edith, I'll be back. 
in a couple of days, which is today. I'm going to invite Edith in for for a moment uh, to give some of her thoughts and perspectives. Uh, if you don't mind, Linda, can she have your chair? Of course. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So um, let's all breathe Edith in right now into Shout 2 of the Merlin I Am series. Take a good deep breath. Oh, Edith. Edith is uh, resisting. And uh, like, remember, like she used to resist walking up on the stage, but she actually really loved it. So, Edith, uh, welcome. I hope everyone can see you, if not feel you here. So, Edith, I mentioned to everybody that you uh, went to Theos. You're actually in Theos right now. What about embodied realization? Why, why didn't you stay? And I'm going to be translating Edith, for those of you who don't hear, uh, kind of like uh, really translates in Spanish. Uh, so, Edith, why didn't you stay? And I'd like you to feel her answer as well before uh, I translate. And Edith, in her Edith way, is saying, well, it was just too difficult, too, too difficult. And I, I waited and, and uh, waited and nothing happened. I, I, I was, had no money, and no, none of this abundance that you talk about, Adamus, and I finally just, my body gave out. Okay, Edith. Edith, are you going to come back to Earth for another lifetime? Yes. Edith, you you normally would say that with almost a uh, kind of a rough voice, and you'd probably say something like, no. But here you're telling us, yes, you're going to be coming back for another lifetime. Why is that, Edith? Well, Edith has something she'd like to share with everybody, a, a number of things. Edith says, first of all, she wants to come back because there was something in her life that was really missing, a number of things, if I'm not mistaken, but there was one thing that was really missing in your life, and that was her lost love. A lost love, a lover who she had spent many, many lifetimes with who was not here in this lifetime. They had made a vow to each other a long time ago, and she's telling me from from even the times of Yeshua, they made a, a vow that they were going to come back together for their ascension, for what we now call realization. And the one that she was hoping to meet in this lifetime never came along. So she waited and waited and waited. And she wasn't necessarily consciously aware of this, but she dreamed about it a lot at night. This true love of all of her lives. They wanted to do their ascension together. She actually said that in one lifetime they took their own lives together, thinking that was the way, but found out that uh, didn't lead to ascension. She came into this lifetime in 1938, hoping that her uh, Edith, I don't want to call it a soulmate. I know that was your term there that you used, or twin flame either. 
but hoping that her her true love would be there also, that she would find him or he would find her. And the years passed, oh, her childhood years, and of course she didn't necessarily expect him then. Then her teenage years, and he wasn't there. He was filled with great sadness. But she kept on waiting, waiting, waiting. And she had a few other relationships, had children as a result of them, but they were never real loves in her life. They were more, well, just placeholders. And she actually, yeah, she interjects that she actually kind of felt guilty about her other relationships that she had, like maybe she was betraying her, her true lover. She waited and waited and waited and waited, kind of sitting, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Edith, but sitting in the same chair, never moving, afraid that if she moved to a different chair, meaning if she changed things in her life, that she would miss an opportunity for this true love to find her. So she sat in the same chair year after year, uh, meaning, meaning that she didn't want to do anything that might possibly affect, might possibly make it so he couldn't find her. Uh, she had a lonely heart, she says. She even named her real estate company that she had, Heart Realty, thinking maybe this would put out some sort of energy or, or vibration so that he could find her. But he never came along. She waited and waited and didn't change that chair. She, she didn't allow in the energies of herself, of abundance, into her life. She didn't really let other people all that close into her life because she was waiting. And about a month ago, when she really made a real transition, she realized that the one that uh, was her true love was actually killed uh, at a at an early age in this lifetime, and that he would never meet her now. She realized when she started crossing over a month ago that he was always there for her, encouraging her for her own realization, saying, "Edith, Edith, do it. I'll follow up. I'll come in later, but do it for yourself now." But no, Edith sat in the same chair, didn't make the changes. So I ask you, Edith, any, any regrets? <laughs> Only that he didn't show up. But no regrets, she says, about waiting, because the love is that deep and that great. So Edith, what now? What now? Or, you willing to do your realization in another lifetime, with or without? Well, Edith says that she knows now that it's so important for her to allow love and abundance and her own realization in spite of anybody else. But given the choice, she would still rather do it with him. So, Edith, we'd like to do a service for you here today on this shout. There's not many Shambra that stand out as much as you did, that are an example to all of us, that are as, I hope you don't mind me saying, but as 
stubborn, as curmudgeon as, as you were. There's not many Schomburg that become such an icon of, of life itself and, and, and the challenges and the difficulties. Not so many Schomburg that are so outspoken as you were in the Shouds. So, Edith, we'd like to take a moment now to honor you for your lifetime, for honor you as being truly one of the very early founding Chambras, for bringing many others into Crimson Circle. We'd like to honor you for making us laugh. We'd like to honor you for uh, your roughness back with me, Adamus, because I know so many other people would have loved to do that. And we'd like to honor you for, for your conviction, even though it caused you to stay in the same chair. And remember, Edith, remember what I told you when we had one of our confrontations at a shout. Remember I said, Edith, change that chair, change something in your life. Because there's two options at that point. One is to, at the time I said, to live another two years and seven months. It's been two years and five months. Or you could have lived 30 or 40, 50 more years. And at that time, you rolled your eyeballs when I said live 30, 40, 50 more years. Because you knew within yourself that you were waiting and that lost love wasn't, wasn't going to show up at this point in your life. In other words, you were ready to move on. And that was the most important thing to you. And, and that, dear Edith, has a beauty in it. That beauty of loving somebody so much that you would just wait for them. The beauty of feeling into your heart every day for, for that person, knowing how much you've been through with them, knowing how much you love them. There's nothing wrong with that. And Edith adds to uh, her service here that she wouldn't necessarily recommend that to others that the greatest love she could have given her true love was to allow her own realization and then be here for him when his time was ready. But Edith, we honor and bless you for all that you've given to Chambra all around the world. Let's take a moment, everyone. How about, Linda, if you wouldn't mind coming up in some breathing in honor to Edith. Don't stand in front of her. Stand, yeah, stand right there. She's, yeah. How about some breathing in honor of Edith, one of the classic Chambra of all times? So, truly, let's take some good deep breaths. Breathe in our honor for Edith. Such a character, such an example for us. Take that good deep breath and send your love and energies to Edith, our appreciation. Breathe that appreciation that we all gained for Edith with all her antics and stubbornness. Always a true chambre. Breathe in the energies of this true chambre, Edith, Edith Proctor, there for us, always there. Take that good deep breath. Take that good deep breath. Send your love to her. Let her feel it, the appreciation, again, so often. Such an incredible example to all of us. An illustrator 
of so many of life's bumps and joy. Breathe. Breathe as we allow Edith always. Good, thank you. And Edith is uh, quite embarrassed in the moment, but she's glad she's not here physically because she's probably all bright red uh, in embarrassment. Uh, and she sends her love, her heart out to all Shamba around the world and says, keep on, keep on. So Edith, uh, what next? What, what becomes next? Hmm. She said she's going to go back to Theos for a while and really rejuvenate, uh, get her own energy back, and then and then what? This is another lifetime on Earth. Her last life. She she promises herself this time. Her last lifetime. And uh, how long are you going to wait before you come back in? A week, she says. <laughs> Edith, I would I would take it easy. A week, I, I would wait. Oh, she said she wants to come back into a Chambra family, uh, mm. a young Chambra family that's thinking about having children. Uh, she would love to come in uh, to your family uh, with a proper upbringing. So, Edith, I'd wait a little longer than a week. But so, thank you, thank you for being here. And uh, time to go back to Theos and do some rejuvenation. And uh, any any parting words? Mm. She said, ultimately, the only one you can really love is yourself. But it's really nice having a soul lover. So thank you, dear. Thank you. Okay, let's move on. Edith, what a character. <laughs> I, I hear you flying away, Edith. <laughs> what a character. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Okay. Good. So let's uh, let's take a good deep breath. Uh, realization. Uh, we had our summer of realization. We have um, well close to uh, almost close to fifteen hundred chamber around the world who have acknowledged their realization, who have come out of the closet, so to speak. And I want to make a point of that today because it's really about uh, your perspective. It's about. Uh, <laughs> Realizing that you're realized. You can continue sitting in the same chair, using the example of Edith, not moving, waiting for, waiting for something, waiting for uh, your concept of what realization is. Or you can simply change your perspective and allow it. A lot of you are starting to uh, come to that point, and it's that longing point. You know it's here. You know it's 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 right right there, but it's still that last little coming into realization. And that's fine. There's no there's no rush into it. But if you're wondering, if you're puzzled, well, when does it come? It comes as soon as you say, "I am realized." Now, I know there's some around the world that are. Uh, some of them are posting on social media or even publishing books and that. Some of them are saying, well, I know I was realized since uh, the day I was born. And I know it has some of you rolling your eyeballs. Uh, we had a lot of bird chatter out here. I think Edith is getting everything stirred up a little bit. 
Some of you are saying, I've been realized since I was uh, a child. And that's actually very accurate. It's not braggadocious. It's not like you're trying to elevate yourself in the eyes of others. You're suddenly realizing you've always been realized. Or some of you saying that you had your realization in your teenage years uh, or young adult, uh, and now you're in your more senior or veteran years. Yes, you always have been realized. It's always been there. It's, it's an inherent, natural part of you. The question is when you're going to let yourself realize that you're realized. It's a matter of perspective. It's not, it's not what you'd say is a game, but it's a matter of just admitting it, of coming out of the closet. When you do that, when you can finally say, I am realized, and stop going through all this mental, am I realized, and well, if I was realized, then everything would change, and suddenly I'd be able to do magic tricks. It doesn't work that way. It's not like that. You acknowledge your realization first, then the energies change, not the other way around. You acknowledge that I am realized. I've been on this human journey, kind of lost or stuck or sitting in the same chair for a long time, but yeah, I'm realized. That then changes the energy. Your, your new perspective, a broad perspective of I am realized, then changes the relationship you have with energy. Then and only then do you start noticing the difference. I see a lot of you still sitting in that same chair, waiting for the differences first, waiting for, I, I don't know, uh, suddenly uh, uh, the love of your life or uh, to win the lottery or to suddenly have no body aches and pains. It doesn't work like that. It's the perspective. It's the changing the chair, changing to be able to say, I am realized. You're not fooling yourself uh, by doing that. It, actually, it's quite the reverse. You're fooling yourself by not coming out of the closet. You're fooling yourself by uh, waiting for something to happen, uh, the, the new Big Bang or something. It just, it's wasting time right now. We have a lot of work ahead of us, a lot of fun ahead of us, too. So it's time to just realize that you realized, and then watch how things change. Then your dreams change. Then the flow of abundance changes. Then your whole attitude about life, your ability to see beauty, then it changes. When you acknowledge, when you come out of the closet, yes, I am realized. It's not your ego talking. No, it's not your ego talking. The ego itself, um, I'm trying to get this right through Caldrum. The human ego actually cannot, will not say that it's realized or enlightened. It'll say a lot of other things, it'll do a lot of uh, weird things, but the ego will resist saying, I am realized. Feel into that for a moment. Now, a lot of you think, well, so-and-so is telling everybody that they're realized and they just have a big fat ego. No, it's really not that because the ego isn't going to do that. Why? When the human says and acknowledges that they are realized, 
then the ego is basically gone. The ego uh, as it was will no longer exist. So the ego has really no desire to say that it's realized. It means the end of the ego as it was. Not the end of the human identity, but the end of the ego. Uh, what you could say is the imbalance. The ego is the thing that uh, was basically saying, um, I'm all that there is. I'm the highest order of my consciousness. But the moment you say, I am realized, I am enlightened, it changes all the energies. It changes the flow. It changes uh, the, your, uh, your thoughts. It changes your ability to uh, – it gives you the ability to have a much broader, open view of all things, including yourself. So, no, it's not your ego saying that you're realized. Some of you are uh, kind of afraid to say, well, it's just my ego and I'm not really realized and I need proof and evidence. No, you don't. It doesn't work that way. I am realized. Boom. Like that. And yeah, the ego is going to, you can feel the resistance. The ego is like, oh, you're just making that up, or, you know, uh, you're, you're elevating yourself above others. No, you're not. You're, but you're transitioning into a, a different role, of course, but you're not elevating yourself because it's foolish. Every one of them has the same natural realization within them. They're just not, they don't want to look at it right now. You say, I am realized. And then you wait for lightning bolts or, you know, something grand to happen. No. You got this tremendous amount of your energy that's been sitting in the same chair for a long time, that's been stuck for a long time, that's been kind of almost like foreign to you for a long time. It takes a while to turn that train around. It doesn't happen instantly. And you don't have to convince yourself of this either. You don't have to repeat it like a mantra. You don't have to uh, say it over and over again. It's just realizing I am realized. And then be the observer of how things start changing in your life. And again, it's not a race. You don't have to force anything, but just I am realized. Feel what it does to your ego when you say that to your brain thoughts, your mind thoughts. The ego actually really kind of doesn't like that. And, and it will kind of cast doubt on it, saying, oh, you're just making that up. But come back to yourself, who you truly are. I am realized. And then, then it happens. So it's time for all of you to come out of the closet with it. It's not being egotistical. It's not uh, being artificial or unreal. It's being more real than anything you've ever done in this lifetime. I am realized. The nearly 1,500 who, uh, who have acknowledged it and who are truly realized uh, have all had their own way of experiencing this. They, they've had that kind of an internal battle of uh, am I or am I not? Uh, is it, is it, am I being um, uh, elitist by claiming that I'm realized? Am, am I really ready? Have I gone through enough experience? Have I clean, cleared my karma? And they finally say, I am realized. You know, so tired of playing the unrealized game. I am realized. And then the energies start moving in their life. 
it starts moving. Edith, uh, for example, uh, would not say it, would not say it. Even when I sat with her as the last of her uh, connections with her physical body were taking place, she wouldn't say it. She really didn't feel she was ready and she was waiting for her lost lover. And if she, she thought that if she allowed that realization, then, well, she hadn't fulfilled their oath, their, their commitment to each other. So even she didn't say it. I don't know if she regrets that. I don't know if, no, she doesn't regret it, but uh, she just wished he would have come along. She's a little angry with him. Uh, wished he would have come along at the right time. They could have done this together, but it didn't happen. Time to come out of the closet. There's a lot for us to do going forward. Sorry. Next point on the list for today. We've been talking a lot about your relationship with energy. And we've gone through a lot of the physics. The energy is all yours. It's all yours. I know at first it's kind of strange thinking, well, I mean, everything, you look up into the stars at night, you look out onto the ocean, you, and it's all mine. Yes, it is. It's your perception of reality. Therefore, it's all yours, all your energy. Everyone else has their own perception, their own perspective, their own energy. And as so many of you know from what we're talking about in Kihak, the, the, there is a harmony of energies. When you get multiple soul beings together, there is a harmony of their energies together. But it's still their energy and yours. They'll never come into yours, you never come into theirs, but there is a harmony going on. And as we talked about recently in Kihak, there's also a harm that takes place. When, when a soul being forgets who they are, when they believe they have to go outside of themselves for the energy, when they won't allow the energy to serve them, when energy is used to, uh, to hold others down, when there's manipulation, then instead of harmony, there is a harm that takes place. But basically all energy is here to serve you. And what I really want to do today is ask you to open up now and let it in. We've talked a lot about it in theory, in concept, but today with all of you in this shout, let's open up to it. Take a good deep breath and receive that energy that's yours. No more holding back. No more fearing that energy. Receive it. It's there to serve you. And now, again, we've talked about it before, but I really, really want to bring it home today in this shout. There is a resistance to it because you think to yourself, oh, my body hurts so much, and how could I, how could I take on any more energy? It's going to hurt even more. Your body hurts because there is still a resistance to bringing in, to allowing the natural, harmonious flow of your own energy. That's partly why the body hurts, but also you're going through tremendous changes, going from 
just the human body into your free energy body? Can you allow those body aches and pains instead of resisting them? Because they're there for a reason. It, something is happening. And some of you have been holding your own energy at bay, keeping it away because you're still tormented in the mind. You still are, you have battles within yourself. As you open yourself up, you open the floodgates of energy. That energy is going to come in serving you, and it's going to, how do you say, fulfill you even in your thoughts to the point where those mind battles uh, are going to go away. The mind battles are in part there because what you're suffocating your, your own self. I mean, not, well, literally, but also just consciously, uh, in, a, in a consciousness way, you're suffocating yourself. That creates a battleground for some of the mind games, but you open up to all the energies and those battles go away. There's nothing to fight for anymore. All the energy is there and it's all yours. And as you allow, come back to a natural flow of energy within yourself, you start to realize that you're never going to abuse it. It's all yours. You're never going to abuse it. You're never going to use it against another person. It's only when there is the belief that the energy is outside and you have to get it from somewhere else that's there, uh, that there is abuse. But with the knowingness and the realization that the energy is all yours, when there's that deep uh, that deep, beautiful knowingness, there's no desire to use it against anyone else. You, you don't need anything from anyone else ever again, so there's no abuse. Some of you worry that with a lot of energy, you're, you're going to abuse yourself, uh, addictions and uh, really uh, crimes against yourself. You're not going to. Because suddenly you realize the beauty. You're, you're in your own garden, so to speak. You're, you're in your own place. It's all there to serve you. Everything. Let's take a deep breath now. and A really deep breath. And open to the energy that is right there and it's yours. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to get all mental about it, like uh, what does the energy look like and where is it coming from? Let's go beyond that and just breathe it in, absorb in that which is yours. As you do so, you're also allowing in, accepting in all of you, all of your, your past lives, all of your experiences, the Master within you, the I Am, you're allowing that in. And I know we've talked about this a lot over the years, but today I want this to be a point of separation, a real point of separation, where we're not just talking about it anymore, you're living it, you're embodying that energy. And some of you, like before we have a gathering like this, you, you feel out of sorts, you feel off. I say, oh, the energy is affecting me, and I've got headaches, and my body aches, and stomach aches, and all sorts of other aches and pains, and you just you you feel so out of balance. And then you push back on the energy. You 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 won't let it in. Let's go beyond that today. 
right now, no matter what's going on with your body or your mind, if you think you're going to pass out in just a moment, doesn't matter. Let's take it on. Let's bring it in right now. And something only you can do for yourself. Let's have that friendship with energy that's all yours. That's how we're going to go forward in doing what we're going to be doing. It's how you come to your light body, to your embodied realization. A good deep breath, letting in that energy into your life, into your consciousness, into your awareness, into your body, into your mind, into everything. A really good deep breath, bringing it in, and not thinking about it, not wondering how much you're going to bring in, or it's not going to overwhelm you. It will not overwhelm you. It'll put you back in a true natural balance. Take a good deep breath with that energy. It's all yours. <coughs> There's still a tendency to get very uh, distracted by outside things. And right now the world is, is pretty crazy. I mean, beautiful, but crazy. And there's a tendency to get distracted with so many of these things going on around the world. And in doing so, also then to once again view the energy as being something outside and not wanting too much of it. But here, right at the end of this crazy, crazy year, oh, you've had uh, all sorts of things going on. Everything from the, the weather, the environment, the climate, the politics and finances and everything. It doesn't matter. Let's, let's leap beyond that together. Take a deep breath and allow that energy and open yourself up to what is yours. No more excuses. I don't want any more excuses. I don't want any more discussion of things like lack of abundance or even physical aches and pains. I mean, you're going to have some, but it's all a part of now being uh, energy self-sufficient. Take a deep breath. Let it come to you like a great big tsunami, like a great big tidal wave. That's not going to kill you. That's not going to uh, roll you over and knock you out. Let that big wave of your energy come into your being, and then, then feel it. Feel what's happening in your in your body and your consciousness. Take a good deep breath. It's all your energy. And it's here to serve you. We've talked about it, we've talked about it, but now I have to insist on it. Become it. Allow it. Let's not play games with it anymore. Let's not hold back on abundance or even, even your free energy body. Let's do it right now. Take a good deep breath now and feel yourself just absorbing it. Kind of like being in a spa, kind of like now you're just letting it soak in. It's so important to let's go beyond the talking into the the realization of your own energy. There's nothing on the outside. It's all yours. 
there's no waiting. There's no, there's no delaying it. Right now is that time to accept all that energy. And not to try to manipulate it. Don't go start telling it what to do and where to do it. Just have that experience, that beautiful experience of bringing in your energy. And I hear a lot of you saying, oh, but I've been doing this, I've been doing it. Oh, you've been doing it like, what well, kind of like you've been going through life. One foot on the gas pedal, one foot on the brake. And now we're coming to the point, there's no gas pedal and there's no brake. And to the human, that's, that's pretty uh, disconcerting. That's, uh, that, that creates a lot of uh, unsettled feeling. No gas pedal, no brake. You don't need a gas pedal anymore in your life. You don't need to be hitting it or, or coming, pulling back on it because it all happens naturally. Now you're, you're going through life in your vehicle of consciousness and it responds absolutely appropriately. You don't need the gas pedal. I understand you have self-driving cars now. You know, back in my time, we, we were way ahead back then. We had self-driving horses. And you're finally getting to the point where you have self-driving cars. And you don't need to work the brake or the gas pedal. It does it on its own. It knows what to do. Yeah, through a lot of technology and programming and things like that. It's the same way with your consciousness. It knows what to do. It knows exactly what to do with the energy. You don't need a gas pedal in your life anymore. So, so metaphorically, symbolically speaking, so take your foot off the gas pedal. And you don't need a brake anymore. You know, if you were a car, you know how many brake pads you'd have gone through by now in your lifetime? Hundreds, maybe thousands. Always hitting the brake, even when you didn't need to. You'd hit the brake even when there wasn't a curve ahead or, or, or a hill that you were going down or a car in front of you. I think some of you drove through life uh, just with your foot on the brake, once in a while on the gas pedal. Let it go now. There's no need for it. This is, sorry, Edith, this is real trust. I mean, this is implicit trust. This is a big step in your energy dynamics. We talked about energy dynamics on our last shout. It's a big step to have that much trust in yourself that there's no more gas pedal, no more brake. You don't even need the steering wheel, except maybe to rest your hands on. What happens now is all natural, intuitive. What happens now is all energy is responding to you appropriately. And you know, as we've, we've talked about so many times, it's actually not time and space. Uh, you're not moving through time and space. It's moving through you. So why would you need a gas pedal, a brake, or even a steering wheel? You're in your vehicle of consciousness. And now it is managing how the time and space and energy flows through you. It's managing that. You, you don't need to do that anymore. Now you can enjoy life instead of having to uh, work your way through life, instead of having to 
uh, dodge the obstacles and slam on the brakes, you know, when, when things weren't quite right or try to accelerate to catch up with everybody else. We let go of all of that. Now it's time and space responding uh, to your energy perfectly. That's a big step. That's a big step, but hey, where else is there to go? Well, except you keep sitting in the same chair all the time. Let's take a deep breath and allow that now. Bringing in that energy. I don't care about the aches and the pains and the weird dreams and everything else you're going through. That's no reason to hold back on energy. You're only depriving yourself of what is yours. Let's take our foot off the brake, off the gas pedal, off the steering wheel for some freedom. You put all this together and suddenly there is a new dance of energy in your life. It's kind of carefree. I mean, you're still aware of the rest of the world and what they're going through. Uh, and, you know, in a way you still feel it, but it's not yours. There's no longer the worry of what, what happens next, where are things going to come from, what, what decisions do I need to make. You realize you don't need to do that. There is a natural intelligence in your consciousness, and the energy responds to that without the human having to handle every little thing without the human having to handle all the little details. Let's take a good deep breath with that. Coming out of the closet with your own realization, now opening up to the energy that's yours. Taking your hands, your head off of the control of everything you've been trying to control, thinking that you had to control, now Feeling how everything, how the energy is all responding to this. And again, I know, I know we've talked about this again and again, and you said you've done it, and not really, you've thought about it. And there's a big difference between thinking about it and now doing it. This shout is a good time for doing that. You had the example of our wonderful Edith, but who sat in the same chair and she admits she was a stubborn old being didn't want to change. She had an underlying reason for not wanting to change, but she didn't want to change. Didn't want to let uh, acknowledge that the energy was hers to allow abundance. Didn't want to, to uh, even allow her realization. What a great example to you, to all of us. She chose her path, indeed, but I know so many of you are looking for something different. If you have old vows and oaths, maybe it's time to let them go. If you have an energy uh, aversion, an aversion to energy, thinking that it's only going to make your aches and pains uh, and your, uh, your mental battles worse, let's go beyond that right here, right now, because we have things to do. Deep breath with that. Let's change that whole relationship with energy. Hmm. Good. And finally, for today, uh, the day of Edith, 
Let's let's do mirab. I like doing mirabs at the at the end of our shouts. And you're right. Uh, we don't have a lot to say today because it's so everything hinges on this whole thing of energy acceptance. Uh, and I want that to be the point of today: energy acceptance. So let's put on a little bit of music now and do our mirab. Take a good deep breath. You've chosen to stay on this planet to be a master, to experience now embodied realization, to experience your own energy. You've chosen to stay on the earth and to to shine on for others knowing that the planet could really use it right now your light of consciousness shared spread out not your energy but your light your consciousness you're not going around sharing energy that that would be fruitless but your consciousness shining out to the world illuminating for this world the new potentials that are available and without that light of of at least a few hundred if not a few thousand embodied masters the the, the humanity may never see some of the other potentials that are available right now it's a turning point or you could say a tipping point for the planet you all know that and with you shining on there's a good chance they're going to see those other potentials let's first shine in before we shine on let's first allow your own light to shine within yourself and i use the word light what i what i mean is consciousness it's like a light let your own consciousness shine within yourself let it shine in upon your own energy shine upon your own realization let's start with illuminating with shining on the inside in other words let that light of your consciousness be upon you it's so important to do this before even letting it be upon the world but let it be upon you in your body in your thoughts in your experiences this light has always been there it's not anything that you have to try to bring in or work at it's always been there but let it shine right now to every part of your being It's your light, it's your consciousness. 
in embodied realization, the human continues on with their experiences. It's not that the human vanishes and goes away. And no, the human continues on with their experiences, but now with the benefit of wisdom and with the benefit of their shining consciousness. On this day, let your light shine within. Instead of having it out there, off there somewhere, let it be right here shining within. Feel your own radiance, your own consciousness. This is you. This very thing, this light that shines within, it's the very thing that then brings in the energy, creates a harmony with energy, and brings you everything in your life, brings you everything that you need or want in your life. Let that light shine within. Yeah, I am your aches and pains on your on your imbalances, anything that might be there. Just let that light shine now without holding back anything. This light is present here in this moment. Not it's not often some what you call higher self thing or another dimension. It's right here. It's right here. Let that shine within all of you, every part of you. This is what a master does before they go out shining their light to others on the outside. They take a few minutes to shine within. They shine in before they shine on. The master makes sure that they're consciously aware of their own light continuing to shine within themselves, illuminating into their body, into their mind, into their senses. It's easy to forget that. It's easy to think, well, I have to go out and shine for the world. But no, always take that moment to shine for yourself. The illumination of your consciousness within yourself. Now, together, individually but together, let's shine onto the world. You know, I'm not a big fan of doing global prayers or global meditations or any group things because, well, if it's not just the right group, you have a lot of junk in there. <laughs> you got a lot of imbalanced energies, and that's why. 
very rarely do we do this kind of thing together. But as masters now, realized beings are at the point where we can sit down without agenda. There's no agenda in this. We can sit down and simply shine onto the world. We're not trying to change it. See, that's what I've never really liked all these group gatherings where you do a group meditation. Uh, they're filled with agendas from people who really don't understand what true compassion is. But with you, Shambra, with us now, we can be here together, connected all around the globe, and now we can shine onto the world. Without agenda, without trying to inflict change. No, we're not trying to create a different outcome for elections, or we're not even trying to repair the environment. There's no place for that here. This is the gathering of the Merlins shining onto the world, letting our consciousness open without holding back. We're not trying to change global warming or sex trafficking or anything like that. You're far too wise right now for that. But we are shining a light onto the world that will show others, that will illuminate a potential to them that they might not have otherwise seen. A change, a way of changing their chair. So for the first time together, with this gathering of you, Masters, for the first time, let's shine on to the world. agenda is simply a, a beingness. I hope you can feel the true peace in this. You know, if we had an agenda, we were trying to uh, fix uh, the environmental issues or uh, fix uh, society issues. There's really not a, a feeling of peace because there's still, it's still battles, it's still causes. But as we shine on to the world right now, feel into the peacefulness. We're not trying to change dark into light. We're not trying to change the world's financial systems, none of that. We are shining a light of consciousness. Consciousness that has been brought to the earth, not held in the heavens. Brought to the earth by you. By realized masters. Let's shine on 
in this moment, feeling so bold, so fearless as to bring our light forward. Allow your yourself to shine, to radiate forth consciousness. Take a moment to feel now what that's doing to your energy. Remember, today it's all about taking that big step, bold, fearless step into letting your energy come in and be there and serve you. Now, Feel what it's doing as you shine on what that's doing to your energy. gathered here together for the first time like this in doing a shining on a master shine on feel what that's doing to your energy and remember the beauty of this we're not trying to change the world simply illuminating different chairs, different potentials that they might not have realized were right there. We're not making them choose one thing or the other. We're simply opening the perspective of humanity. It's up to them what they want to do with it. What's happening to your energy right now? Well, it should be, how do you say, happy. It should be dancing in delight because this is what you came here to do. After that long, long path in this lifetime of hardships and then releasing, feeling lost, feeling stuck after going through all this now in your realization doing now what you came here to do, to shine on. What happens with the energy now is it flows more gracefully because we get to this point where we're able to do exactly what you came here to do, to shine on. And now a lot of the self-doubt goes away. Self-doubt is what holds energy back. A lot of the self-doubt, you realize you're here, you made it. You're doing what you came here to do. That's another one for 
Merlin's guide to embodied realization. The master shines in within themselves and then they shine on. Doesn't matter much what else you do the rest of the day or night, any day or any night. It doesn't matter if you've got a high powered job or you're retired, doesn't matter if you do chores around the house or not. This is why you came here to shine on for this planet. Now feel your energy again. Because of your own worthiness, your own coming to the promise that you made yourself, what you would do in this lifetime, that you would allow realization and stay in the body. There's a different relationship now with your energy. Because you're doing what you came here to do. There's a new worthiness of receiving your energy. Let's shine on to the world. The world is looking for a light right now. A light without an agenda. A light without rules. A light without suffering. A light of higher potentials. Let's do it right now. There's a huge sense of what you call it, satisfaction of I'm doing what I came here to do. I've stayed in the body. Now shining my light. I'm the master who, whose office is the park bench or a cafe or wherever you want to be. I'm the master who doesn't have to have my foot on the brake and on the gas pedal and my hands on the wheel. I am that I am. And I'm doing what I came here to do because all of you, I know you love this planet. You've had so many lifetimes and now comes your last lifetime. Now you just shine on. You know your own light now, so you can shine on. about taking that big leap, allowing your own energy. And when you do, then the next step is will shine on. Let's take a good deep breath on this day. Very special thanks to Edith for sharing her story, for taking a moment to be here with us on this day. Such an inspiration such a character, such a part of Chambra for so many years. 
Oh, Edith. I know you'll find just the right family to come back into. And I know you'll find the lost love. But Edith, it was always you. It wasn't somebody else, that lost love. It was always you that you were looking for. And dear Chambra, no matter how crazy things get in this world around you, remember that all is well and radiant in all of creation. I am Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Thank you. So with that, let's just allow the good deep breath. We truly allow this experience of energy acceptance for each of us this message for each and every one of us. Take that good deep breath and stay with what that's like to allow the radiance, to allow the consciousness to just be. That consciousness for all to see, all of us. Let's stay with the good deep breath and bring this into our lives. It's not just a now moment, it's it's present to be with. So breathe in honor of yourself. That good deep breath, the good deep breath. Breathe as we close out today's shout. Special thanks to Adamus Saint-Germain and of course our dear friend Edith Proctor. Thank you to everyone, we'll see you next month. Thank you for being a part of Marlin I Am. Thank you. <laughs>